0: So what is today? We're calling this Soul Check Sunday. And you may think, well, that's a goofy name. Maybe. What we wanted to do is because it's a holiday weekend, you know, for our country, as we think about those who have served, it's kind of a moment to remember. And we thought even spiritually, sometimes we need to take these moments to remember. And so today we're going to intertwine some speaking and some music together you get to take part as well. Uh, there's going to be some things on the screen that we say together, some confessions that we pronounce. There'll be moments of, uh, uh, of worship and all this together. And there's going to be uh, lots of pauses built in. I just want to prepare you. Lots of pauses, because I know anytime you're in a meeting like this, when it gets quiet or when somebody's not speaking or singing, it's easy to go, who messed up? I'm just telling you today, that's, in, that's on purpose. Nobody messed up. Today we are waiting. We're sitting and we're going to we're going to just experience God. We're going to follow the admonition of the psalmist who sang this. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations, I will be exalted in the earth. Let me say that again. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. If you look back to the beginning of this psalm, Psalm 46, you see some other words that I think provide even some context and clarity to what the psalmist is talking about. Because that psalm begins with these words It says, God is our refuge and strength, a present, ever present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and mountains quake with their surging. Look at those words. God is what? He is a refuge. He is our strength. Our help in trouble. Man, as the psalmist describes things that happen around us, the earth give way, the mountains fall, the waters roar, mountains quake. Mm. This morning I just ask, "Are you tired?" How about stressed? Anybody just worn out from news stories of mass shootings, political divide? So-called Christians shouting, spewing venom from pulpits across this country? Anybody just thinking, "I'm worn out?" Maybe you're spiritually dry, exhausted by that unending violence that plagues us. The wars in Ukraine, and Syria, and Ethiopia, <laughs> those shootings at supermarkets and schools. So here's what I want you to do right now. You don't have to do this high or anything, but just take your fist. And I want you to clench your fist as tight as you can, tightly balled. What do you feel? Feel the tension. Feel the stress. Feel the resistance. Now unclench your fist. Feel that release, the openness. What else do you feel? You still feel a little bit of that tension hanging on? It takes a little bit of time, doesn't it, for that sensation of clenching to subside from your hands. You see, we live either with clenched fists or with open hands, and this shows us two contrasting ways in which we can relate to God. Tightly closed fists, which indicate our refusal to be part of the kingdom and let go of what has us tense, or these open hands that say yes, taking that stretched out hand towards Christ and letting our hearts desire to receive all that God longs to give us. How are you approaching God this morning? Be still and know that He is God. He is our refuge, our strength, and ever-present help in trouble. Now as we go through this morning, as we sing and as we speak, I want to give you freedom. Feel free to stand. Feel free to sit. Feel free to kneel. You can sing along with us if God is moving or God is speaking and you just need to sit or stand in silence, feel free. In times of prayer, if we call you to pray and you want to move around the room, that's fine. If the Spirit prompts you to speak to or pray for with or for somebody or to seek prayer from somebody, do that. You see, because today isn't about walking through these steps. Today is about creating space. Creating space to quiet the voices and still ourselves before the living God. I use an app most morning. It's called Lectio 365. And every day, it reminds me of this. And every day... I need this reminder, it's going to be on the screen. As I enter prayer now, I pause to be still, to breathe slowly, to recenter my scattered senses upon the presence. Speak these words with me we have gathered in the name of Jesus Christ we have come to this moment to worship God we have come to confess that Jesus is Lord we are not here to be entertained we are here to encounter the sacred we are not consumers We are worshipers. We praise and adore the living God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Open my eyes this morning to see you and to see as you see. Open my ears, Lord, to hear your voice. I surrender myself to you. Amen.
1: And slow. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is. tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves, where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. speak
0: While still a student, John Wesley, met with his brother Charles and others at the University of Oxford to ask each other one question. How goes it with your soul? How is it with your soul? They would ask at the beginning of small group meetings a question that deserves an answer that's deeper and more meaningful than any short statement such as good or fine a question probing to understand how it is with our inner life. You know, we have recorded in three of the Gospels that Jesus made the statement, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Ruth Haley Barton writes that the soul is the essence of a person who God created you to be. The truth self that is God given and God breathed. And through this powerful rhetorical question, Jesus indicates that it is possible to gain the entire world by human standards of comfort and success, but lose the very essence of ourselves. So this morning, I ask you that question How is it with your soul? How is it with your soul? And to help us process this, I know that's kind of an overwhelming question, I'm going to read some statements that will help us assess the state of our souls. Now, this isn't to produce guilt or shame or a sense of failure, but to allow us a moment to be honest with ourselves and with God on how, how I'm really doing to help us make sure that we're not losing our souls. So as you think about these statements, put them on the continuum of always, often, sometimes, rarely, or never. So we'll throw this first one up just as the one to think about. More and more often, I notice that I'm going through the motions of my spiritual or Christian life. How would you answer that? Always, often, sometimes, rarely, or never. Statement two. I am aware of a nagging sense that something is not quite right, but I don't seem to be able to take the time or make the effort to look into it. The truth is I'm not even sure I know how. Statement three, I find myself rushing from one thing to the next without time to really pay attention to what's going on in or around me. Is that always, often, sometimes, rarely, or never? Statement four, I am tired. Not just physically, but spiritually and emotionally. I don't really know how to get rested. How do you answer that? Are you tired? Statement five, I am aware of an underlying irritability and restlessness just beneath the surface of my life. Answer that always sometimes. Statement six. I have become emotionally numb, unable to experience a full range of human emotion. How do you answer that? Be prepared for number seven. It's convicting. I find myself increasingly giving into escapist behaviors such as eating, mindless television viewing, substance abuse, shopping or spending, etc., or escapist fantasies, dreaming about being somewhere else or having a different life. Number eight. I do not have time for attending to my human needs, exercise, eating right, getting enough sleep, doctor's appointments, medical procedures, picking up dry cleaning, getting the car washed, making home repairs, etc. I do not have time. Number nine, my spiritual practices have slipped. Even though I know that practices such as solitude, prayer, personal reflection on scripture, and so on, are life-giving, I find I don't have time or energy for them. Number 10, I feel isolated with no one to fully confide in and no one who fully understands my situation. And the last one. It has been a long time since I have felt connected with the presence of God in my own life beyond what I'm doing for others. There were 11 statements. How did you do? If you find yourselves in the always or often portion of the continuum for three or more of those statements, then the chances are, You are dangerously tired and close to losing your soul. Now remember, that's not to produce guilt or shame. But the reality is we can't take steps forward unless we take an honest assessment of where we are. So let's pause for a moment to reflect on what these statements have revealed about our current life and souls. And as you listen Is God saying something to you or leading you to begin addressing something that he has revealed to you in this moment?
2: If you're troubled, heavy-hearted, come to Jesus and find your peace. And if you're run down, empty-handed, come to Jesus and find your strength. He is hope for the hopeless. Rest for the weary, help for the hurting. He is, he is, mending the broken, bearing the burdens, all that you're needing, he is. And if you're wandering, In the darkness, come to Jesus and find your way. If you want freedom, need forgiveness, just come to Jesus and find his grace. He is hope for the hopeless, rest for the weary. Help for the hurting, he is, he is. Mending the broken, bearing the burdens, all that you're needing, he is. A comforter, counselor, prince of peace, author and maker of everything. Defender, deliverer, king of kings, he is, he is. Helper and healer forevermore, savior and shelter through every storm. My refuge, redeemer and Lord of lords, he is, he is. Child of heaven and son of man, provider, protector, the great I am. Alpha, Omega, beginning and end. He is He is hope for the hopeless, rest for the weary hell for the hurting He is, He is mending the broken, bearing the burdens, all that your need, and he is all oh, that you're needing. He is
0: what great lyrics there. All that you're needing, he is. So now what we want to do is we want to pause for just a moment and reflect on who God is. We've sang some incredible words right there, but who is God? And what has God done? And how have you seen God move in the last five months? Psalm 136 is a wonderful and responsive Psalm to remind us of God's great love for us. So as we read this hymn, I will read the first part and you respond with the refrain, His love endures forever. As we share this together, think about the reasons that you have to be grateful to God. We give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords.
3: His love endures
0: forever. To him who alone does great wonders. His love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens. His love endures forever. Who spread out the earth upon the waters.
3: His
0: love who made the great lights. The sun to, to govern the day, His love the moon and stars to govern the night, His love give thanks to the God of heaven. His love right now, if you're willing to share aloud, why are you grateful for God today? Because you're breathing right now, amen. He loves us. He loves us. He me, he me. Mm-hmm. He me life and back. Mm. Redemption, forgiveness, life and family back. Mm. He gives us a peace that give. Mm. Peace that the world cannot give. Hope in a hopeless world. He didn't give up on me when he probably should have. He answers prayer. He answers prayer. He can handle my difficult questions. He can presence. He looked at you from the cross in your brokenness. Here's a prayer. Accept, O Lord, our thanks and praise for all that you have done for us. We thank you for the splendor of the whole creation, for the beauty of this world, for the wonders of life and the mystery of love. We thank you for the blessing of family and friends and for the loving care which surrounds us on every side. We thank you for setting us at tasks which demand our best efforts and for leading us to accomplishments which satisfy and delight us. We thank you also for those disappointments and failures that lead us to acknowledge our dependence on you alone. Above all, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, for the truth of his word and the example of his life for his steadfast obedience by which he overcame temptation, for his dying through which he overcame death, and for his rising to life again, in which we are raised to the life of your kingdom. Grant us the gift of your spirit that we may know him and make him known and through him at all times and in all places may give thanks to you in all things. Amen. Let's stand together. You guys have been sitting a while as we sing this very familiar song.
1: then sings my soul
0: thought about how we can be grateful to God, what I want us to do now is just reflect on the past few weeks and months to share where you've seen God. There's paper around you with pens, and so if you feel comfortable, if you want to write it down, take a moment to do that. But what I want you to do is, it's the practice called examine. It looks at two different things. It looks where we've seen God, and it looks in those places where maybe we haven't seen God and where we've seen difficulty. And so the first question we answer is, when did you feel God especially near? When did you feel especially connected to others? When did you feel the presence of God in your life? Maybe it's in the last week, the last day, the last month. Maybe it's just you're reflecting over the last five months of this year. Take a moment and write down, when did you see or feel God? you can continue to think about those moments but i also want you to think about this as well when did those moments when god seemed distant when did you feel anxious those moments of desolation take a moment right now to write those down as well resist the temptation to feel guilt and shame about it and just allow god to speak to you in both the highs and the lows. this one's going to be a big ask. And for the introverts in the room, this could be a little painful. But right now, if you're willing, gather with one, two, three people close to you and just share one or two of the things that you've written. Share where you felt closest to God and share where you felt distant or anxious in your life. And we'll take just a couple of minutes, but go ahead and move around just a little bit. Find one or two, three people and share. take about one more minute, one more minute. Feel free to stay where you are. You don't have to move back to your original seat unless you really want to. Let me turn our attentions to the elephant in the room. These past few weeks, we have seen tragedy again and again. As a part of reviewing our lives, we recognize the sin that surrounds us as a nation. The division, the hatred, the anger, The violence and the apathy, 10 people killed at a supermarket in Buffalo, New York, ranging in ages from 32 to 86. All who died there were black, 21 dead, 19 children and two teachers in Texas. Just two days before summer break, these families will never be the same. In these moments, we recognize the evil in our world and we recognize our desperation for God and we recognize our sin. Author John Welch wrote this. He said, The things we cannot accept in ourselves we often project upon others. If I do not admit my shadow side, I will unconsciously find another who will carry my shadow for me once this projection is made then I need not be upset with myself my problems are now outside and I can fight them out there rather than within the real arena myself Psalm 139 says search me O God and know my heart test me and know my thoughts see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting today would you pray a prayer of confession? I know it's kind of weird sometimes. You think, I didn't do it. But there is power in corporate confession. This is something we see modeled throughout Scripture where even if we are not personally responsible, it is us as a society, as a nation. These things are taking place. There is evil that exists. And so we come and we cry out to the Almighty and we could together make this Confession. Would you pray this with me? The words will be on the screen. Eternal and merciful God, you have loved us with a love beyond our understanding, and you have set us on paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Yet we have strayed from your way. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed through what we have done and what we have left undone. As we remember the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we praise you, O God, and give you thanks that you forgive us yet again. Grant us now, we pray, the grace to die daily to sin, and to rise daily to new life in Christ, who lives and reigns with you. And in the strong name we pray, amen. Maybe during this time, as we sing this next song, maybe God will convict you, and you'll recognize sin or shortcoming in your life. If that happens, take a moment to privately confess that to God.
4: This is my surrender, here is where I lay it down, you are all I'm chasing now, this is my surrender, this is our surrender,
0: you can stay standing. What do you do with this? Where do you go with this? Well, what we do as people of faith and people of Jesus, we look forward to the day that is to come. We live as people that have no hope, but we live as people with living hope, not those that are resigned to live a, a nihilistic existence. No, we are a people of hope. But what is hope? Hope is faith in action. It isn't wishful thinking based on silly, childish dreams. It's hope centered on Jesus Christ and his work on the cross and his Resurrection. You know, our hope is built on truth. The truth that we have been unconditionally loved and accepted and forgiven. That our lives aren't limited by what we see on the internet or social media or television. We believe that God has defeated the forces of evil and death. And we believe that God is ever present, our help in times of trouble, our refuge and our strength. And we believe that God is not distant or inactive, but he is tirelessly seeking to bring light and life where there seems to be only darkness. And he is bringing this light and life through his people, through you and through me. And so we close now with just a prayer, asking God to fill us, asking God to revive us, asking God to restore us and asking God to empower us with his Holy Spirit. Pray with me, dear God, We abound in hope by the power of your Holy Spirit, God. We cry out, fill us with joy and fill us with peace as we believe in you. Holy Spirit, empower our lives to produce the fruit of you, your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, your gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. We join with Jesus as we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, we pray for renewal in our own lives, beginning with us, God, and pray for renewal within this church, God. And we pray for revival, not as some man-made occurrence, but it's brought about by a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit. Pray this next part with me, these words on the screen. Fill us, empower us, revive us, use us for your work in the world. Pray that again. Fill us, empower us, revive us, use us for your work in this world. Father, help me to live this and every day to the full being true to you in every way. Jesus, help me to give myself away to others, being kind to everyone I meet. Spirit, help me to love the lost, proclaiming Christ in all I do and
3: say, and all God's people said, amen. Amen.